Okay, good morning everybody, nice to see you. And hope everybody is well. Uh, we're going to take a look at Tumidrashim in Parsha's Kedoshim. This is a double Parsha, Achre Mos and Kedoshim. So there's a Pasuk which says in Parsha's Kedoshim, I'll read the Pasuk from the Torah. And when you come to the land, and you plant any food tree, a tree that bears fruit, so you have to make sure to practice orla, with its fruit, for three years, they're forbidden to you, they shall not be eaten. So that is the mitzvah of Orla to, for a fruit tree. And the first three years of its growth, you're not allowed to take the fruit. By the way, that applies in Chutz Loritz as well as in Eretz Yisrael. So if you plant a fruit tree here, you also can't Excuse take the fruit for three weeks. I was just reading out the Pasuk first. And then, I, then we're going to get to the Midrash. I first read the Pasuk out loud. Sorry about that. Right, so that's the Pasuk. And the diuk in the Pasuk, which the Midrash is going to be foca- focusing on that we're learning, it says, Unitatem kol And you plant any fruit tree or any f- tree that produces food, ma'achol. So the question is, why does it have to say that? It really should be obvious. When you go into the land of Israel, you shall observe the laws of Orla, don't eat the fruit for three years. It doesn't need to say, and you plant the tree. That's obvious. Otherwise, you know, what are we talking about if you didn't plant the tree? So if the tree is already planted, and it's been in the ground for three years, then everything is mutter. When you come there and the tree's, the tree's growing, so you don't know how long they are. Right, so if you don't know how long, that would be most likely a suffix de arisa, a Torah doubt, and you'd have to wait. But most likely, and I don't know for sure when it comes to these things, most trees anyway take several years before they do anything. So it would probably have to be investigated, more so in terms of those people who know about horticulture, how old this tree is. But that would probably be acceptable. Okay, so that's the Pasuk, and again, we're, we're going to be focus, focusing on Unitatem, and, and you plan, and why that needs to be stated. Now, the, um, the first midras that we're going to be looking at, let me just take that for a second. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. It says as follows. The, the introduction to it, that we're going to be looking at the, the top left side of your page should say Reish Nun Hei on your two-sided copy. And the Midrash says that it's Eitz Chaim Hila Machazikim That's not quite where we are yet. It's a tree of, of life to those who either hold on to it or to those who support it. And the concept of Unitatem Koletz Machal is telling us that a person has the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, of settling the land of Israel. And, and therefore, the Torah really wants to tell us that you should plant trees when you get there. It's going out of its way to tell us that. Okay, now, 
Um, I want, actually, I'm sorry, I want to go on the other side of the page. And what does that say on the top left there? Probably Gimel or Dalit. Let's see. Gimel. Oh, it was cut off. Okay, so it's the other side of the page. And we're about a third of the way into the Midrash. And letter Gimel. Rabbi Yehuda bar Simon Pasach. Rabbi Yehuda, the son of bar Rabbi Simon, he opens up and he says as follows. Acharei Hashem Elokeichem Telechu. You shall walk after Hashem, your God. Now that means to follow his ways. Is it truly possible for a person of flesh and blood to walk and follow Hashem? It is written about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Your pathway goes through the sea. And your pathways are through great and mighty waters. We're not able to really follow Hashem and walk in that way, walk where He walks, so to speak. And you're telling us that we should go in Hashem's ways. How do you do that? That Hashem is completely, His abilities are completely beyond ours. Then another Pasuk says, Ubo Sid Bakun. And you shall cleave to Hashem, be close to Hashem. Is it possible for a person to climb up into heaven and to attach themselves to God? Here we are living in the physical universe. And it says about Hashem, Hashem is an all-consuming fire. So we try to get close to a fire, you burn up. And it also says, along similar lines, a pasuk in Daniel, His throne is full of fire, flames of fire. And it also says, There is a fiery river that flows right before Hashem, a fiery river. And you're telling me to cling to Hashem? How is that possible? We would, we would burn up. So what's happening here? If you take a look, okay, I need this one now for a minute. Does that have the other side? Okay, I can't find what I was looking for. Sorry about that. So let's just start from the ACO safe uh, letter Gimel. On the side of the page, on the right side, it's about maybe nine lines down. Pasach acharei Hashem elokeichem. It says, you shall follow in Hashem's ways. So the ACO safe says, Mishum dekashule yisura deunatatem kidokosavti. Because the Midrash has, has a question on what why the Torah has to go out of its way to say you shall plant the fruit trees. And even though this seems disconnected, but we're going to connect it up. Severe lay Rabbi Yehuda bar Simon. Rabbi Yehuda bar Simon holds the milso agav urche komashmolan. That the Pasuk is teaching us something in a, you might say, in a by the way type of style. 
the mitzvah la'asog b'mata ilanos kishayichnesu la'oretz miyad. That there is a mitzvah to plant trees immediately upon entering the land of Israel. So the JNF is doing a good thing, right? It's like, it's so interesting. They carry this forward. It's like, uh-huh. the, the, you know, they always want us to... to plant plant trees, trees, right? I'll get the poor people. Why should I, you know, what do mm-hmm. I have? Now I see it. It's uh-huh. to plant trees, right? In, in the Holy Land. Wow. So how is this connected? Because, as we'll see shortly, it's connected to what Hashem does as well. Now, if you just step off of the Eitz for a minute and back into the Midrash, Keep your finger on the on the Eitzioso because we're going to get back to it. So, how are these related? Planting trees, going into Eretz Yisrael, specifically planting trees right away, and following in Hashem's ways. What's the connection? So, back in the Midrash, Ella, mitichilas briyoso shel olam. From the very beginning of the creation of the world, lo nisasek hakadosh baruch hu ella b'matzah tchila. What did Hashem do first? He planted. Where? In Gan Eden. Hadzahu d'chsiv, as it says in the Torah, Vayita Hashem Elokim Gan Be'eden. Hashem planted a garden in Eden, and there's one more word after that, which is Mikedem, which is going to be important as well. So Hashem planted trees in His newly created world in Gan Eden. We're meant to follow His ways. Af Atem. So too, you, the Jewish people, Kishetik Hansul Oretz. When you go into the land of Israel, the first thing you should do is plant. Plant the trees right away. As it says in our Pasuk, when you come to the land, and you shall plant. So it's actually telling us what to do. It's not just a lead in to Orla, because that would be unnecessary. It would be obvious that you planted trees. It's telling us that we should follow in Hashem's ways, just as He planted first in Gan Eden, we should plant first in Eretz Yisrael. Now that also answers the Midrash's question, how can you follow in God's ways? He's infinite, He's omnipotent, by trying to emulate His ways. How can you cling to Hashem? He's, he's an all-consuming fire. By trying to emulate what He does, we are able to build a relationship with Him. So that's the connection between unitatem and following in God's ways. Now let's see it a little bit more. But so back to the HCO safe where we left off. Uh, about five, six lines into it. That just as Hashem did at the very beginning of creation, Shal Olam, we are to plant trees. Plant trees. And that's why the Midrash introduces this seemingly unconnected pasuk of following in the ways of Hashem. Which means we should learn from what He does and follow in His ways. Now what is this idea of planting trees in Eretz Yisrael? What is it about? Mishum Yeshuvo Shel Olam in order to settle the world. As it says in the Pasuk, Hashem created the world in order to be civilized. It wasn't meant to be a wild, untamed world, but a cultivated world. We're supposed to cultivate land, plant, grow, build a society. 
That's what it means, Lashavas Yitzara. So that's a broader concept than Yishu Veritz Yisrael, but it means simply to settle the world and to make it a civilized, beautiful place. Now we'll go a little further in the Eitz If you don't know where I am, I apologize. We're on the right column of the page in the Eitz Yosef commentary. Um, on the page um, which has the letter Gimel, about ten lines into it. And it says, Lahaloch Lehidavek. If I can hold that up for a minute, it's like right here on your... You have a two-sided photocopy. So it's on the second side. And it should be right there. Okay, everybody got it? Sorry about that, if I wasn't clear where that was. Lahaloch Lehidavek. Ratzalomar meaning to say, it certainly doesn't mean physically walking in God's ways. We can't walk the way he does. And it doesn't mean to be physically attached to him like we could attach ourselves to another human being, as God is not physical. Rather, rather, it means following his will and following his actions. As we said before, emulating the ways of Hashem. And the devekus therefore means relationship. We're not talking about a physical being. It's a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what we're trying to build. Now a little further in the Eitz Yosef commentary. Ella b'mata techila. So you have to plan first. Now you might say, hold on a second. When Hashem planted first, that was Gan Eden. Right, so how do you see the, the parallel there? And the Eitz Yosef brings out, Ki Eretz Yisroel, Hu dugmas ha-Gan Eden Eretz Yisroel is an example of Gan Eden in holiness. So yes, most definitely, because Hashem planted in Gan Eden, when we walk into Eretz Yisroel, we're walking into a dugma, an example of Gan Eden, Hashem planted in there, we have to plant in there. And that's the connection. Otherwise we could say, well, that's Gan Eden, this is a different reality. Sorry, not when it comes to Eretz Yisroel, B'Kedusha. Ayin B'Midrash, Eicha, etc. You can skip that bra- bracket. V'hanitiyah B'Eretz Yisroel. And now he adds, when we're planting specifically in the land of Israel, meaning beyond the general Indian of settling the world, of making a civilized, beautiful place to live. That applies anywhere, wherever we live. But beyond that, and more important than that, you have when you plant in Eretz Yisroel in order to be mechazek, to strengthen settling the land, that is an example, it's parallel to planting in Gan Eden. And even though you could say, but it's a physical thing, we're still planting physical things. We see that Hashem involved himself with a physical thing. He planted trees. Why? So Adam Harishon could have food. That's pretty important. You're putting a person in the world, you have to make sure that he has food. 
So you plant trees. Likewise, we go in there at Yisrael. The general idea of settling the land, the specific mitzvah of Yishuv Ha'oretz also over and above that applies to make sure that the Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael will have what to eat. That's pushed in a certain way. It's also very beautiful because it connects us to Gan Eden. And just one more line there in the Eitz Yosef. Gan Eden Mikadem. Right? Because the Torah says that Hashem planted a garden by Gan Eden Mikadem. Usually that's translated as Gan Eden of old. You know, the ancient Gan Eden Mikadem from before, like the word kodem. Now that word is very important in the, in the drasha as well. And he says, af, kein lomar, meaning you, you're supposed to include the word mikedem in this drasha. Belashon mikedem dorash shenisasek techila b'mata. It's a lashon of first. Ganeden mikedem, that that's what God did first. So the pshat of the pashat is in Ganeden of old. But the Drasha is Gan Eden Mikedem, the very first thing Hashem did in Gan Eden was plant trees. Okay, so another plug for the JNF. Okay. They don't plant fruit trees. They don't plant fruit trees at all? They just plant general fruit well, I trees? Know, but I'm just saying that oh. the mitzvah seems to be then a food tree of some sort. Well, yeah, call it Call. Please. If you have people coming, you must have something to Right. Got to have food, right? Okay. And Reverend, you had a comment before? No, I was the same. As well. Same point. Okay. Yeah. So planting trees in general, the chora, we can make this chiluk. That would be about yishuv, the general yishuv of the world. Planting fruit-bearing trees, therefore, as a specific mitzvah, providing for the sustenance of of people. Yeah. Please, Elena. The, the part of Yeshua Vahoritz in general, I'm sorry, Lashavis Yitzhara, that, apply, that applies everywhere. Yeshua Vahoritz specifically, of course, is in Eretz Yisrael. Now, we don't see that's what Avraham Avinu did first, at least not to my knowledge, there's no indication of that. But it is quite interesting, he did plant a tree, Vayita Eishel, and his tree was specifically about providing for people. Because at Olive Shimlam, it is Achila Shesiyah Levoyah, giving people food, giving people drink, and then accompanying them on their way. Some say, Lina, a place to sleep. So he did focus on that, even though it probably wasn't first. And another very fascinating thing about trees is that where did we get the trees, to the wood, to build the Mishkan? So one of the Midrashim says that Yaakov Avinu planted trees before they went down, and they took them down to Mitzrayim, and, and then they cultivated, they, they held them, rather, and they took them with them. So there's all, in order to build the Mishkan, you know, much, much later. Some say Avram Avinu planted those trees as well. So, not first, you know, chronologically in, the, in those examples, but nonetheless the emphasis on trees and, and their importance. So, v'halachta bidurachav, we could find that going in Hashem's ways in planting trees. Yeah, Linda, please. I was just going to say, yeah. for anybody who's ever planted a tree and Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was incredibly hard. You're like baiting this 
Valin, I'm very glad you said that. Okay, I wasn't going to peek at this midrash, but just go up where we are on this page. Go up to the midrash right above it in the beginning of the wide lines. It's about five lines down from the top of the page. Dorash Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi, Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi Darshans. Who will take away the dirt from your eyes, Odam Harishan? An unusual pasuk. So the Midrash says, Odam Harishan, you were not able to stand by your commandment for even an hour. At the eight from the eight sadas very quickly. And your children are waiting three whole years. Before they eat the fruit. That's right? what you said. That's right. It's a tikkun for the chait. That he, they unfortunately jumped in right away. We're saying, not so fast. We'll wait a couple of years. It's okay. And that's considered a great shavach for the Jewish people that we do that. Okay, now I also wanted to look at a commentary, a, a perish on the bottom. Someone had another one? Totally wrong. Please, Debbie. So you mean the reason for that minhag is kind of mysterious, you know, bringing bread and salt. But lachor it has to do with provision. That's the staple of life, you know. You're, she thought it was for shade. So uh, could be. Could be. Okay. Yeah, to to protect from mazikin, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's both together. Maybe by providing other people, you keep for people you keep away the bad forces. Maybe it works together. Yeah, speculating. Okay, so on the left side of the page, about two-thirds of the way down, it says, Anaf Yotzef. I put a little check mark by there. So, it says, Elabamata Techila. Hashem planted first in Gan Eden, so we should plant right away when we get to Eretz Yisrael. So he asked the question, the Anaf Yotzef. Vaha, Ditani Lekaman, Beparsha Shoftin. But it says later on in the Torah, in Parsha Shoftin, and we learn this, as Halacha Lamaisa, the Rambam brings it down. Sholosh mitzvos nitztavu Yisrael bichnisasan l'oritz. The Jewish people were commanded to do three things upon their entry into the land of Israel. What are they? Number one, l'ha'amid l'ha'melech. We have to establish a king for ourselves. Number two, l'ha'chris zaro shel amolek. And then we have to destroy the nation of Amolek. And three, believe no slaham base habikhira and build the base hamikdash. So Melech, Mikhiyas Amolek, Base Hamikdash. Those are the three things immediately upon going into Eretz Yisrael that we have to set ourselves up to do. And it doesn't say and plant trees. So what happened to that? Seems to be pretty important from here. So he answers, Lokasha, it's not a question, meaning we can resolve this. The lo myri hasam ella b'mitzvos hamutolos al beistin v'chol Yisrael yachdav. Those three mitzvos, making a king and mechias hamolek, and building the beis hamikdash, those are national mitzvos. It's upon Klal Yisrael to do that. It's in the hands of beistin, which is the central Torah authority of the Jewish people, to make sure that that's accomplished. So Klal Yisrael has to make sure that there's a melech. Klal Yisroel has to make sure we destroy Amalek. Klal Yisroel has to build a base on Mikdash. However, avomata mitzvah l'chol echad ifnei atzmav. 
But planting a tree, that's everybody's individual mitzvah. That's not a ganz klal yisro obligation. Every single Jew who goes in, got to plant a tree. Make sure we're contributing to Yishu Veretz Yisro. And hence, that's not mentioned with those other three, which are klal yisro mitzvahs. Just by the way, an important point, some people ask, you know, could we, could we destroy Amalek if we had the ability, if we knew who they were, should we, should we be doing that? So, first of all, we don't know who they are. That's one of the main parts. Secondly, there are poskim that say that it's not an individual mitzvah. In other words, that a Jewish person sees somebody who knows from the nation of Amalek for you to go and kill that person. It's a Kla Yisrael mitzvah, which means it has to happen as a nation. That when we're under the authority of a Melech and we have a Torah authority, then as a nation, we have the mitzvah and go and to go out and destroy Amalek. So therefore, it's not applicable, even if you know who that is, on an individual basis. Now, that, not everybody agrees with that. Some posts can say, if you know that someone's from Amalek, that you have to kill them. And we don't know, we don't know who they are anyway, so it's not really no Gael Amaisa. But that's a machlokas ha-poskim on how we look at that. From, based on this one, it looks like he's going with the opinion that it's a national mitzvah. You have to have a melech, a national authority, in order to carry that out. Bimehiru Amenu. Please, Rabbi Sin. So I just really appreciate it when he was saying all those things like, can you really be like Hashem? Right. This is how Hashem is. Right. Can you really be close to Hashem? Because I think that we get confused about it. And I think it's important in terms of Jewish thinking what this means to go in Hashem's ways. That it doesn't mean to be like Hashem because that is crazy. Or to like be Hashem. Right. And so I just wanted to, you know, just emphasize that so that we can, and it, and it just like when he says it, it, it's like very, very relieving because when we're trying to do that, then it feels very overwhelming and impossible. And of course, you can't do these things that God can do ever. So that's not the goal. The goal isn't to do what God does, but to do like he does in the fashion that a human in our can way. do it that will never ever be right. the same as what God himself right. can do. In our own way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Linda, please. Did you see Rabbi Silver talked about that yesterday yes. in terms of Kedoshin Tihi? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, um, yeah. with the trees, I know it's not a tree, um, but Noah, you know, the first thing he did when he landed was the... He planted a vineyard. Vines. Yes. And, you know, he's criticized for that because of which type of vine he chose, but I'm curious if vines and other plants... It counts. A, 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 a grape <laughs> is bore pri ho Halakhically, that's the tree. Because the vine stays and it reproduces, it doesn't die, so like a banana. Right. So eight, so a, bu- a, a bush could possibly halachically be a tree, if it stays intact, and then re- goes dormant and then reproduces the next year. That is halachically a tree, as opposed to a banana, which they call a banana tree, 
but the tree dies all the way down to its roots, completely dead. And then it regrows another tree the next year from that, from those roots. Where that's, that's not considered a tree. Blueberries are, most blueberries are very pre Really? Mm-hmm. Because the bushes that they grow on qualify as eights in halacha. Not all of them, but some of them, yeah. Good question. Most of them are, from what I, from what I understand. If you want to play it safe, you could say very priyadama, you know, but most of them are based on, you know, my understanding of it. Okay. I know another mitzvah, a midrash that we want to see. I want to see if I have time to tell you a story. I do. So it, re- it reminded me just mechias hamolek of of a very special person who I knew. Maybe you did as well. His name was Saul Goldstein. He lived here in Baltimore for many years. Allah He passed away a year or two ago, and um, he was an American soldier in the time of World War II. And he was amongst uh, the troops who liberated Buchenwald. And he, I heard him tell the story. And when he, when he got there, he's a big, strong, strapping, you know, he was about 6'3". I knew him as an older man, soldier. And he says they couldn't, they couldn't believe their, their eyes and what they were looking at. They just, you, can't, you can't even compute what's, what's happening here. You couldn't believe what they were seeing. So the first part of the story is that an emaciated old Jewish man came over to him and Saul said to him, I'm Jewish. So the man said to him, what took you so long? What took you so long? So that, of course, is a heartbreaking moment. Then they're capturing the Nazi soldiers, Simachshima, and they captured a very high officer, a colonel. And he told the colonel that he was Jewish. This Nazi who was in charge of killing Jews. So, and they were holding this colonel prisoner. And the Nazi says to him, Schwein Hund, you know, a dirty dog, and he spit it on, he spat on him. So can you imagine you're being held as a prisoner of war and your hatred of Jews is so seething that you spit on your captor and call him a horrible name. So Saul said, I had a knife in my boot and I cut him. Yeah. Now, I always wondered, because I heard this in a public speech, what did he do (laughs) when he said he cut him like... What did he do? I never knew. I never knew. When he passed away, I went to the Shiva house. I know his daughter and son-in-law. And Don and Ariella Goldstein. And I said, Don, I I heard the story from your father. Uh, Do you know the story? He says, "I, I know the story. Absolutely, he told it often. I said, can you please tell me what he meant when he said that he cut him? He said, I'll tell you what he meant. He slit his throat. He slit his throat. That's what he did. And he killed him on the spot. So I said, okay. And then he said, however, he was a little bit concerned because you're not allowed to kill a prisoner of war. When they rolled up the guy's sleeve, this dead Nazi, he had an SS insignia. It was a tattoo they had on their shoulders. 
you were allowed to kill an SS person. That was, that was open. You were, you were allowed to kill anybody who, had, who was with the SS. So he was, he was in the clear. No, it was a special type of unit they had. So he, Don told me that he took Saul to tell the story to his rav, and this rabbi said to, to Saul Goldstein, Allah Shalom, you did a mitzvah that none of us have been able to do. He said, what did I do? What do you mean? He says, you killed Amalek. Slaughtered Amalek. You had the opportunity to kill a person from Amalek. So the story just reminded me of that. It's a striking story. I wanted to share it with you. And Bezras Hashem, that day will come when all of our enemies will be destroyed. And Okay, now we'll take a look at the second Midrash. And this is on the other side of your page where it says, page Resh Nun Hay, on the top left. And do we have another copy of that? That one, another photocopy of that? One of them is front and back. What did I do with it? Oh, I put it in here. Okay. So I, I boxed it off. There's two lines from the top. And we're going on the topic now of Eitz Chaim, a tree of life, because the Torah talks about you shall come into the land and plant a tree. And the Midrash says that refers to Eitz Chaim, planting the tree of Torah in the land of Eretz Yisrael. Ilu ne'amar Eitz Chaim hi la'amelimba. So Eitz Chaim hi, by the way, is a pasuk in Mishle. Eitz Chaim hi la'amelimba. To those who hold on to it or to those who support it. Had the Pasuk said it is a tree of life to those who toil in the study of Torah, the Jewish people would not be able to survive. Because not everybody toils in the study of Torah. Certain people do. Most people don't literally toil in the study of Torah. Just by the way, that's a euphemism. Sone Yisrael means B'nai Yisrael. But the Midrash did not want to say there would be no existence for the Jewish people. So they said for the enemies of the Jewish people. Good. That's how it's said. Ella, so what does it say in the Pasuk? Not to those who toil in it. Ella, lamachazikimba. To those who either hold on to it or to those who support the Torah. And therefore, therefore that could be anybody. Amar asher lo yomad. Later on in the Pasuk, when we have the brachos and the klolos and har grizim and har evo, it said, the one who does not study Torah, if it were to say, the one who does not study Torah is cursed, lo tukuma Yisrael. Similarly, the Jewish people could not exist. Not everybody studies Torah. Ella asher lo yakim es kol divrei But rather, it says, to those who do not help it stand, to those who do not support the Torah. The Kach Nehmar, therefore it says, It is the tree of life for those who hold on to it or to those who support it. If you support Torah, then we're within this it's a tree of life. We have life. We're blessed. Rav Omar, Rav Huna says, If a person trips up and does an Avera, Chayv Misa, 
and he may be chayv misa at the hands of heaven. What should he do when he can live? If he usually learns one page of Torah, learn two. Sorry, If he normally learns one parak, let him learn two. So by learning a little bit more, a person is doing tshuva, which is an act of mysterious nafesh in that, and doing extra. However, what about those who don't learn or who can't learn? If a person is not able to learn Torah Shabbisav or Torah Shabbat, that's Likros Vilishnos. What do they do and have life? You can become a community leader. Involve yourself in the community. Because Mamela, that's going to support Torah somehow. If you get involved in the community, in Kla Yisrael community, that will lead to support of Torah. Or Vagabai Shalt Tzedakah. Become an administer, administrator of tzedakah. Help tzedakah go to its proper places. V'huchai. And then you gain life. Shilu ne'amar oru asher lo yomad lo ha'isa Like we said before. Because if it said, cursed is one who doesn't study Torah, we couldn't exist. Not everybody studies. Elo oru asher lo yakim. But rather, cursed is one who doesn't support Torah. And blessed is the one who does. If you can learn, little, little, learn a little more. If you can't learn, get involved with people, with, with your fellow Jews. Help them. Like we said before, it's a tree of life to those who support it. Now they quote a pasuk from Kohelis to support this idea. Ki in the shadow of wisdom, in the shadow of silver, or in the shadow of money. What's the comparison between wisdom, Torah, and money? This comparison. If you can't learn it, support it. And then we're all part of it. The classic example of Yisachar and Zavulim. Amar Rabbi Yacha says in the name of Rabbi Tarmchum, Bar Lomar, Adam. Let's say a person learns Torah. The Levite, and they even taught Torah to people. The Shomar, and they kept Torah. The Asa, and they did it. The Hoysa Sipek Biyado Limchos, Micha. And he had the ability to discipline other people, to guide them, to chastise them if necessary, and they didn't. Or Lahachazik, Velohachzik. They had the ability to support other people and they didn't, even though they learned Torah. We have not stepped out of the curse if we don't actually physically involve ourselves with other people. Now this is taking it a step further. This is saying it's not enough to learn. Right. It's not enough and one has to make sure to get involved to one extent or the other, each person according to their abilities with supporting, helping other people. As it says, cursed is the one who doesn't help stand, who doesn't help other people stand up on their two feet, doesn't support them. Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya looks at it from the other side, from the positive. If a person didn't learn Torah, 
Velo Asa, and didn't do the Torah. Velo Shamar, and didn't keep it so well. Velo Lime Laacherim, and didn't teach others. Velo Hoyisa Sipek Biyado Laachzik, and he didn't have the resources to support Torah, meaning for somehow they were not blessed with enough resources. But nonetheless, Vehechzik, but they did support it. What the Meforshim says this means that with whatever few nickels they had, they supported Torah. So they don't really have enough money to truly st- support somebody. They don't have that kind of wealth. But whatever they gave, they had, they gave. Or a person who doesn't have influence on other people and really couldn't influence their behavior, but they tried to influence other people for the good. So they didn't learn, didn't teach, but they gave of what little they had, and they used what little influence they had. They're included in blessed are those who support the Torah. So what an amazing thing, right? That just stepping out for a person, any person, to put themselves in a position of supporting another person, even a small amount, even though we think it doesn't make a difference. Because that's what the Midrash is talking about here. It makes a difference. Especially Bnei Shemaim. And then we're in the Bichlal Boruch. We're amongst those who are blessed by doing that. So I think it's so important and beautiful because some people say, oh, what I do doesn't matter. You know, I don't have that kind of wisdom. I don't have that kind of money. No, every single bit matters. And if we exclude ourselves from that, then that's Bichlal Oror. If we don't exclude and we include ourselves in that, then we are Bichlal Boruch. Because every little bit helps, as we say. Esther, please. Just, um, I'm assuming that I could be wrong, but supporting the Torah scholar, if you have no money, <coughs> Absolutely. That would be really in the second part, which is micha, even though it's stated in the chastising, but it applies in the positive as well, because this means verbal influence. The first one is hechazik, that means financial or material support. The second one is verbal influence on other people. And encouragement, idud, you know, in modern Hebrew, encouragement is certainly bichlal, supporting another person. Words of support, absolutely. Thank you. Yolanda, with your hand up? Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. How does this come into the Kisavala Aretz? It's brought down here? So, we started in the, in the middle of this, but when it says, Eitz Chaim Hi Lamachazikimba, so this is the tree of life, so they connected that to our first Pasuk, Unitatem, you shall plant. So this Midrash is saying the planting refers to the planting of Torah. So the first Midrash we saw was physically planting trees and the importance of that. The second Midrash is planting Torah. Wherever we live, wherever we go, to make sure that we plant the seeds of Torah. And it's making sure to let us know it's not only the study of Torah, but it's the support and encouragement and support of Torah in all facets, which are part of the Eitz Chaimhi. And that's why it's Machazikimba, as opposed to Lomdimba. Anybody, any other questions? Okay. Have a wonderful day. Bezras uh, Hashem, this coming Wednesday night is Lagba Omer.
So that means next Thursday when we learn, it's going to be Lagba Omer. And well, I hope to do something on the Lagba Omer topic. That's my intention. I haven't figured out what yet, but hopefully that's what we'll, that's what we'll do. And have a great Shabbos, everybody. Thank you so much. He was an amazing. And I knew, like, somewhere quietly that I.